to everybody who's listening right now is that if you if you're not in that situation right now where like what you're doing is connected to who you are um you can change that it's already there you don't have to become something more than you are and this is a really big misconception that people have people are to i have to learn this i have to take that class i have to become that and we contort ourselves and we traumatize ourselves twist ourselves into becoming trying to become somebody who we're not and it never works that way you'll never become someone who you're not fear stops us from achieving our true greatness are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck unmotivated or burned out are you worried about your wellness are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals if you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, night shift emergency physician, burnout thriver, and wellness champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory MD. See you there. There. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. We are back for another episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. And I am fired up because I just learned that my guest today is actually on my side of the world. So super excited about that. Uh, you know, we have today, we have Steven Rudolph, and he's going to tell you all about what he's up to and all of the amazing things that he has to offer you. Take it away, Steven. Hey, thanks for having me, Dr. G. This is, it's really cool and uh, appreciate your warm welcome. So uh, where to begin? Well, you, you've asked um, or, or suggested that I have something to offer your listeners, and I do. Uh, if listeners are interested to know about discovering their natural abilities or natural talents and uh, figuring out how to put those talents to use, especially in their professional lives so they can thrive and they can get more out of their lives. So that's in a nutshell, that's what I do. Awesome. And so now you have to tell us, how did you get here? How did you get there? How did you get to be in that space? And I'm sure there's some very interesting backstories about fear involved in on that road to getting there. Absolutely. You know, fear, fear is one of the greatest motivators. You know, some, we, we talk about fear quite often as something that that should be avoided at all costs. Uh, but in my life, yeah, I've, I've had to face some some pretty fearful times that have um well, I guess I would say put me to to my te tested me, tested me tested my metal to see what I was made of and enabled me to rise a little bit higher and to evolve. And so for me, what happened way back when I was originally planning to um, go into the field of music, you can see a little bit of my studio around here. I still do music, but it's it's for fun, not for not for pay. And um, and while I was on that path, I moved to New York City to find my fame and fortune as a rock star. And I found out really quickly that Aspiring rock stars don't make any money. And so when you have to pay the rent, you have to get a J-O-B. 
but I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, I graduated with a degree in English. And so one day I'm in New York City and I'm walking down the street and I look up and I see a sign that said wanted English teachers. And I thought, hey, all right, I know English. I have a degree in English. How hard could it be? And so um, I took down the number. This is the days before like, you know, monster.com and LinkedIn and stuff, right? So you look for numbers on Windows when you were looking for a job. Hey, I identify with that. You know that is, <laughs> right? So so I called them up and, and I get the job and I go to my first class to teach and I had like never taught, 22 years old, right? I, I never taught before. And like I get to the class five minutes before like the class starts and I I confess to the director of the school because I'm about to go into class. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And she was very reassuring. She put the book in my hand and she put her hand on my back and she came up close to me. She whispered in my ear, don't worry, you know more than they do. And then she launched me into the classroom. So that was my entire teacher training. That, that oh my one, gosh. Talk about stepping little, out of fear. Holy smokes. Yeah. So, so there, so there I was. And I, I, you know, that, that point of fear, when you're about to do something that that's unknown, you know, when you're about to step into the unknown, you get those butterflies in your stomach. You're like wondering what it's all about. If you've made a mistake, if you're going to yeah. flop and fail. And I've, I've had that before. Like I used to be on a ski team, like way back when I was in high school, I used to do skiing. And so like right before the gate opens and you're, you're like standing there, you're about to go down this like snowy, icy mountain at, at a fast pace. And you, you know, you're, or I've had that same bout of fear when uh, I used to do acting quite a bit. And you're like behind the curtain and the stage is about, you know, the, the, the curtain's about to open and, you know, you, you, you don't want to flop. You don't want to forget your lines. Like you're afraid you're going to mess everything up. So, so there I was, you know, in the same sort of situation on a new frontier, on a new precipice, about to step into this world where I had no idea what was going to happen. And so she, she pushes me, she launches me into the classroom and I see like, must've been about 15 pairs of eyes, just like looking at me, like the teacher is here, you know? And like, I'm looking back now, they have no idea, right? That I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but, but they're looking at me like the teacher is here. And so, you know, like, I don't want to let them in on the secret. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know <laughs> Keep what the hell I'm doing. Chest. <laughs> yeah. So I just sort of stand there, you know, I put the papers on my desk and I, I, I start shuffling my papers in a teacherly, teacherly kind of way, you know, like doing a little teacher paper shuffle there, you know, and, and then the gates just opened up. Then I said something and there was a response. And then I wrote something on the board and I asked somebody a question and somebody answered and I explained something a little bit and I can wrote something on the board and, you know, I sort of made a little joke and like everybody laughed and everybody's smiling and, and someone raised their hand and I caught, and this process began to unfold like right in front of me as if it were, um, it was like orchestrated. That That's the way that I could explain it to you. Every question, every answer, every laugh, they all flowed naturally. And it was as if I already knew this. I all I already had experienced this before. Like I was a fish in water. It was not unknown territory. It was not unknown 
an unknown terrain to me. And I was just like puzzled for the first 30 minutes. Like what the heck's going on? You know? Mm -hmm. And, and kids are learning and they're smiling and it's going and maybe about like 30 minutes into it, I'm standing there and I'm like looking at this class and, and I can remember like looking up toward the back of the classroom, toward the ceiling. And, and it was suddenly like, I heard the voice from the sky that, that it just happened in like this, like in a flash, you know, but like, you know, if it were a film, it would have been like slowed down in slow motion. And it, and it was like, you know, the clouds kind of parting and the lights sort of coming in the violence. But, and I hear this voice is, and it's like, Steve, you're not a rock star. You're a teacher. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I just stood the there. Like, oh my God. Like, oh, wow. what? What happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so where did that come from? Like, you know, a half hour before, like wherever I was even before that, like I was, um, I, I had, I was just playing my guitar maybe like an hour before. And I was like, all my plans were there. I had a gig coming up. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just going to do this teaching thing. And, and this was just like some sort of a side thing. But, but wow, that, that fear just sort of, opened up into into like you know it was like the the whole rain cloud just sort of like opened up and, and like there i am now standing at, at this point having a moment and again nobody knows what's going on in the right classroom. right this is all I'm, internal <laughs> and, I'm, and i'm just standing there and i'm like like kind of like gasping for breath a little bit in in this moment and i'm i'm just thinking to myself that wow i could do this for the rest of my life you know, wow, that's like awesome. this is this is what I could be doing. And like I would never need to like, you know, ever have to like do any kind of substance or drink nothing. Like I could just get high on this. This is like this is awesome. Nice. And so so the, the class finishes. And I'm standing there at the door and I say goodbye to each student as they thank them as they leave the class one by one. And then I, and then as they left, I, I remember thinking to myself, like, why is it that it took me eight, you know, I don't know, 20, 18, 19 years of like formal education from nursery school until, you know, until, until college where I graduated. Like, why never, why didn't I ever know this? How, how come I never knew this? No one ever told me about this. And then the the twenty two year old you know rebel inside of me was started to get indignant at the system, you know, hey man, this system, this education system, like you know, only making me like learn and memorize stuff, and it never told me who I was, you know, like I'm. Oh my god! So it, there I am in this moment, and I like you know, like I'm gonna do something about this. Like everybody should know who they are, you know. <laughs> Like, why just me? Like, every person should, you know, now it's probably like, you know, in terms of if I if I do the movie reenactment, it's like, right. you know, the trumpets are playing, you know, the blare blaring, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. some kind of march theme or something like that. And and so I I vow in that moment, I say, I'm going to make my own school. And in my school, I'm going to have a school where every kid knows who they are. Like, that's what it's going to be about. 
And so I sort of left with this, this feeling. I remember I called my dad up after that and I told my dad, I'm like, dad, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to make a school and blah, blah, blah. My dad's like, he, he's always very supportive of him. He didn't say, you know, you got some screwy idea. He's like, all right, well, if you're going to do it, you need a plan and you got to work right, it out. And right. I'll help you do that. And you might need some investment. And let's see, I maybe have some friends. And blah, blah, blah. So we start on this plan to make a school 22 right um you know i'm, I'm like living uh, living in a loft with like four other people in, in downtown manhattan um and a friend of mine at that time was in india and he says to me like i tell him about my dream and he's like listen man don't open up your school in in new york he's like come to india and open up your school in india and i was like whoa how would that be so again i'm on another precipice and so i'm standing there like I know nothing. And this is the days before the internet. So this was like, you know, 90, 92, 90, 91. This was 91. So you can't Google stuff. You know, you can't really like, you know, email around to people to find out what's going on. And so it's like, whatever I know is just from what I've seen in like movies or I've, you know, read in a book or two here or there. And um, I just like had like visions that everything was like desolate with cows walking all over the place. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, there were cows walking. There were definitely were uh, yeah, cows but it, there, yes, because <laughs> the majority <laughs> still are. Not, yes, they preserve the cows. Yeah, um, the, the cows are the cows are let let the room free. But um, so I go there, and 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 I had to like I had like no money to do this. So I, like I sold off so many of my worldly possessions. I never forget. I like I had this whole CD ROM collection. Okay, those are the days. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I had like hundreds of them, and I I went on the street in New York and I pawned off all my CD ROMs to buy a oh, plane wow. ticket. And and like some, you know, some travel clothes and some stuff like that. And um, and so I get there and I meet my my friends and friends of friends. And I start on a new journey, which was to open up this school. So that took me three years to be able to do that. And I did. Eventually, okay. we saved up enough money. I was in Japan for three years. I got a master's in education. Um, and we went there and we founded a school. And sure enough, we started in 1994, a school with okay. eight kids on the first day. And fast forward to today, there are 2,000 yeah. kids in that school. And every kid, the, the center, the core of that curriculum is that every kid knows who they are. Awesome. That's so awesome. What a great story. That yeah, is such so, an so awesome story. That, so so that's that's what that that moment of that 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 moment of fear opened up into all of that. And I had no idea. Wow. That is such a testament to the thing that I'm always telling the audience. And it's like, whenever you have uh, a moment like that, when you have this fear and it's not a thing that's going to cause you danger, um, but it's mm. definitely going to stretch you. Like it is yeah. so worth it to go for it because look at that. I mean, look at how many doors opened because of that one decision to face your fear. You know, like, had you not got into that classroom, had you not had that epiphany, had you, I mean, had you not done any of those things, like the pathway of your life would have been so different yeah. and you wouldn't have made the impact on all of those people. I mean, you say oh, that now you have 2000 lives that are being changed as a consequence of that decision years ago, which is, which is amazing, you know? Oh yeah. And I mean, I mean, I still get, I still get letters from kids and from parents. In fact, I got a message two days ago from a parent who said that you helped my daughter like in, in like um, it was nine, nine years ago, you nice. helped her out and blah, blah. And, and now I have my other daughter. I, I want you to give her some guidance also in her, in, in her, her future. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I, I used to be afraid of fear, right? Again, I used to like avoid it. And um, and and now I I look at it differently. I look at it as a sign of you know, some something's about something's about to come. Like something's there, there's 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 possibility. So for me, fear signals the unknown. And you know, there, there's something unknown here. And the unknown is where possibility lives, where possibility exists. Like when you're in your natural environment, you're in like, you know, when I'm just like around my house and everything is like normal, it's, it's like I kind of know everything. There's not too much possibility like in, in, that, in that space. But the moment you step out into, you know, into these unknown places. So that that's like when we talk about fulfilling our potential, for me, filling my potential means stepping into spaces that are unknown so I can I can stretch myself that, you know, if I'm not going to be doing things that are stretching me, which is dealing with the unknown, then I'm not going to fulfill my potential. And that's where the greatest pleasure comes from, the greatest feelings of achievement come from. So you can't have feelings of achievement and self-satisfaction and joy and happiness until and unless you're ready to to step out into those into those spaces. Fabulous. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm loving that. <laughs> yeah. Because that is so true. So, so true. And then, you know, so it's interesting that you um you kind of glossed over this. And I would love it if you can like tell us a little bit more about that piece of things. But you said that you basically like sold worldly possessions, right? And then you mm. moved to India. Then you said that it took you three years to get to the point where you actually were executing on the dream. Now, yeah. how did you end up in Japan? Huh. So, well, to start the, to start the school, I found out we needed money, right? And okay. I was, you know, being an English teacher in New York, it got me ten bucks an hour, like you know, and that wasn't that wasn't an easy way to to make and save a lot of money. I couldn't save anything, and at that time, I met a guy who had just come back from Japan, and he and he said to me, "If you want to make money teaching teaching English, he said, go to Japan." He said, "The economy is roaring." They're dying for English teachers. You'll make five times what you could make here. Hmm. And I was like, gotta be kidding. And, and so the adventure had already begun. So at this point, uh. I, and he said, and by the way, the guy who's coming to interview for the, for the jobs there, he's in town, like, you know, I don't know, next week or next month. It was within <laughs> a really short period of time. So this is where serendipity starts to happen. Oh my, right? it's like, you know, this is where serendipity starts to happen. When, when, when you take the step, you know, all over the precipice, suddenly the, the, the path just starts to open up. Yes, and so yes. I, I go, I go on this interview and I meet the guy. This is while I'm still in New York. And I, I, you know, I tell him, maybe I'd like, I don't know, eight months teaching experience, seven teach, months teaching experience by that point. And I, I made a, a decent impression. Then he said, um, he said, we're going to be deciding on this in the next like couple of months. Oh, okay. And, and I said, okay. And, and I didn't want to miss the chance. And so I, I decided to do something really, really bold at that moment. So what I did was I, I said to myself, if I, what if I go to Japan and go right to the school and like uh -huh. go there and just tell them that here I am. And I'm really serious about this job. 
Like they're going to have to hire me because everybody else is going to be waiting in America. That might be a way that I could prove to them like my sincerity because I didn't want to miss this chance. Oh, okay. So, so that's, yeah. that's where I took this really bold step. So that's when I sold off all of my stuff and I like, I, I go to Japan and I, <laughs> I went to their office and I, I, I did just that. And I, I walked in, there was like hardly anybody there cause it was off that week. And I met, and okay. I met with somebody and I told them, you know, this is who I am. And I met with, you know, so-and-so. Uh, the the guy who's the, the vice president and and I'm here and I'm ready. They said, okay, well, we have a process that we're going to go through and it, it'll take like a couple of weeks still to decide. So I went and I, I interviewed, I went to 14 interviews, 14 other job interviews. And out of all of those other job interviews, only one company said that they were going to hire, they, they were going to hire me. And, um, I'll never forget they they wanted me to sign the contract to to on a Friday and I wanted that other job because it was so much better and it was like centrally located and um and I I told them I'll sign on Monday right and so I called up that other company and I said hey listen I got a job offer in hand right now and if you want me as a teacher you got to let me know right now because otherwise I'm going to be signing with this other company and they said come on over and so oh, nice. I went there <laughs> Sign the paper, and then I had to call up that other company and, and apologize to them. So that's that's how I. So I that it was a daring, you know, it was a, it was a really daring move. And in a country, and again at that time, English was not widely spoken. It was not very, you know, you didn't have like a, a Google Translate. Google Translate, like, right? I, I was <laughs> I was really like, you know, I'm in another totally another world, and um, and I just loved the adventure. And, and then, you know, it went on to become a fabulous three-year uh, experience in this in this uh, this school there with the students who were 18 to 21. Uh, and, and you know what, Dr. G, what was really cool was that same, even though my plan was to make money there right. and to bring it and to get some teaching experience and to bring it to Japan, I kind of got like very quickly sick and tired of teaching English just just for the sake of kids learning English. Many of the students were like apathetic. Oh, really? And like I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to teach them English and like they like really didn't want to learn. They wanted to just like, you know, 18 to 21 year olds. So they just want to have a good time with each other and they weren't that serious. Oh, okay. Okay. And I'm like, screw this, man. And and I said to them, uh, I made these papers. I made my own content, right? I just like threw the book out. I'm like, forget this book. And I'm like, why do you want to learn English in the first place? And then I'm like, what makes you unique? Like what's new, what's different about you? What's different about you? And so I, I like asked all, and I started finding out what was unique about each kid. And I was like, mm -hmm. how could you learn something with English that would, that would pertain to your uniqueness? Like uh, I, some kids, I, like they were funny and I got them translating jokes. Other kids like cooking, I got them making their own English cookbooks. And some kids were, were interested in um, traveling. I got them to go to tourist places and find foreigners and give them tours of like, you know, oh, Tokyo nice. Tower or, yeah, yeah. or, or different places like that. And other kids were like, you know, another class and they're like studying out of the textbook. My kids are like running all over the place and, and doing these, these really cool things. And they're finding out how English could pertain to their lives. So it was actually the, the, the same stuff that I wound up doing in India with my kids. I, I was already onto that. You know, I was like 24, I guess at that time, 24, I was doing that, turn that into a book. Okay. And then I left, and then I left Japan and that's, that's when I, I went and started the school. So all of this, I rolled over into a process that I still utilize today.
And I call that multiple natures. That's the name of the, the, the concept where everybody's got a unique nature. Everybody's got qualities that make them special, make them unique. And when you identify what those unique qualities are and you align it with what you do, that's when you thrive. So you could see in my case, when I was 22, mm -hmm. and I found teaching, it wasn't a conscious effort. It was that I discovered that I had this thing for teaching inside me already. That's why I said I already knew it. It was there already. And so when that got aligned, it was accidental. Then I was thriving. I had that moment. Yeah, yeah. And what I want to say to everybody who's listening right now is that if you if you're not in that situation right now where like what you're doing is connected to who you are um you can change that it's already there you don't have to become something more than you are and this is a really big misconception that people have people are to i have to learn this i have to take that class i have to become that and we contort ourselves and we traumatize ourselves twist ourselves into becoming, trying to become somebody who we're not. And it never works that way. You'll never become someone who you're not. And, and you'll always live a, a compromised life like that. So what I say is like, stop that, you know, just connect with like what's already there under the hood and then find the way to align what's already there with, with work that, that speaks to that. And when you do that, the, Doors open up. Yes, the, the, the voice from the sky comes <laughs> and the, the clouds part and the light shines and the violins play. So, and this is nothing new. This is like, you know, the word vocation that we talk about comes from the, the, the Latin root voca, which means to call. You're calling like what you were called to do. And it's waiting there for everybody. And sometimes it, you know, it knocks on your door and sometimes you got to go out and look for it. It's not that it always, you know, some people get lucky like that. And sometimes you got to do a little knocking. That's the truth. No, that's, that's, that's so, that's so true. Very well said. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. And, and so now you have to tell people, so we know the backstory, which thank you for sharing that because that sure. was good, good stuff. Okay. Um, now you have to tell people 
how, you know, how they can get in contact with you? Like, how can they learn more about what you do? So I try to make this easy. My company name is Multiple Natures. And of course, you can go to our website, multiplenatures.com. But there's a more fun way of remembering how to get there. So I talk about these innate talents, your innate abilities, like tigers, because like tigers love to eat. They're very voracious. And so your talents also love to eat. So my educative tiger, which is one, loves to eat. I also have an entertaining tiger where I love to dramatize and tell stories and jokes and, and stuff like that, right? So my my signature line is feed your tigers. So if you go to feedyourtigers.com, you'll be able to find out everything about what I'm talking about. You'll find out what the 19 tigers are. I talk about 19 tigers. And you'll also be able to find out how you can discover what your tigers are. So I have an assessment, it's called the MN test, which will tell you of your 19 tigers, which ones are the big ones, the medium ones, and the small ones. And the big ones you need to feed more and the medium ones you need to feed like a moderate amount and the smaller ones you need to feed less. And the cool thing about the the assessment is when you're done with it, it will show you matching careers tasks, and even hobbies, like things you can do in your leisure time that align uniquely with your unique set of tigers. Like I said, everybody's different. Everybody has their own set of qualities. And there are types of work which are very specifically meant for different types of people. There there are, on, depending who you ask and how you do it, there are 600 very general kind of jobs or job categories. There are 6,000 more specific type of jobs. And if you go into the 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 specializations, there are like 50,000 mm-hmm. at least types of jobs. And I, I would even say that number is growing all the time because yes. you can people find creating people, jobs now. <laughs> you can find people who are like linked in uh, specialists yeah. for your headshots or just, mm-hmm. you know, LinkedIn specialists ju- just for your, you know, the top part of your LinkedIn page, you know, for, it, it's, it's really quite amazing how yeah. specialized people are becoming in, uh, in different areas of, of work. And so, so what the system does is it will align you with the different types of work. So you can figure out like you don't have to rack your brain about, which type of work is right for me? Because sometimes you figure out what your tigers are. You're like, okay, I have a really strong, or like, let's just say a big um, uh, administrative tiger, not me, but I'm saying somebody, like my, my right. administrative tiger is not a big one. That's the one that loves to organize things and get things done. Some people might have a really big entrepreneurial tiger. They're really mm-hmm. good at doing business and creating projects. And other people might have a, a, a massive healing tiger. They love to get people out of pain or out of imbalance. So, you know, let's just say someone's got a healing tiger. They're, they're, they're very sensitive and empathetic to others' imbalance and sense of pain. So where do you go with that? Because you could become a doctor or you could become a nurse or you could become a paramedic, which is like more adventurous and it's a bit more on the edge. Or you could go into therapy or psychotherapy or Absolutely. massage therapy or yeah. natural or into um, veterinary medicine, which deals with animals or... So you see what I mean? Like once you Mm -hmm. understand your nature, in this case, as, you know, having a big healing tiger, then where do you go? It it opens up one door, but then it's like one door opens up and there are another another thousand doors that that open up. (laughs) So that stuff can get super confusing. So here's where I've used technology 
to help because there's not enough time to try out each one of these, Correct. you know, yeah. like, because especially when you're a student and you've got to pick a major and then you have to pick uh, a course of study and you've got to go to, you know, if you go to university and you get a degree or some sort of diploma or certification program, you know, it's taking six months to a year, four years. Seven. So to do that and to get the end of that and you pay tens of thousands of dollars and then to say, oh, that was a mistake. Well, guess what? You can't rewind. Right. So that's why I say that one of the best ways that we can use technology is to help us, you know, like, you know how they run simulations, right? In medicine and in, in, in all sorts of areas, they'll run simulations to see, you know, if I put these things together, what might happen? If I put these things together, what might happen? So here, technology can be our friend, basically to say, if these, if this is my set of qualities, my tigers, these would be the most likely jobs that I would love because these jobs use the tigers that are big inside of me. And so yes. that's that's the challenge that I aimed to solve. And we've worked with over 200,000 people since I started this, since wow. I started this work across the world to help them figure out what their tigers are and what would be the right path for them. And the results have been amazing. I mean, I get I get contacted all the time, letters, kids from the parents that I was totally on the wrong track or I was really lost and wow. I totally found, or in some cases, sometimes people found out that they wanted to quit their job because they hated something about their job. And, you know, sometimes what happens is that people quit their job and they wind up going into another job and they hate that one too. And now they've just mm. burned a bridge behind them and, and yeah. they've made another mistake. And so sometimes we've even helped people not quit a job because it, it, they were quitting for the wrong reason. Maybe uh, it was their boss. It, mm -hmm. They were right for that type of work, but their but the boss or the the environment was toxic. There was too much like politics going on. They just needed a company that was more uh, empathetic, and um, but the type of work was actually the right work for them. So those are the kind of things that we can resolve. So students, especially. Uh, I'm running a course right now, which is called MN Careers. It's really cool, where we take um, groups of students on a journey, cohort, for six classes. It's done over three weeks. And so it's like two classes a week. And they start, most students, for age 14 to 18, right? Okay. They have no idea what it is that many of them, what they what they want to do. And by the end of three weeks, they're clear about what their tigers are, and they're clear about their career path. That means which major to choose or which course of study. Um, even sometimes which college they want to go to and which degree course they want to take. And when they get out, when they finish this, it's like everything is very crystal clear to them because otherwise they're, you know, you don't know what to do. What do you do? You know, your friend says, hey, I want to do this. And you kind of say, okay, I'll also do that. Or parents are saying, hey, you, you should become a, you know, this or that. And then you're like, no, I don't want to do that. But I don't want to be. So it really helps in, in clarifying direction. So that's that's some of the stuff. So across the spectrum, no, that, even people that's awesome. like seniors, sometimes seniors want, don't know what they want to do in their, in their golden years. So we can also uh, help them figure, yes. figure that out. So it works yeah. across the board. That's cool. So it's, yeah. I mean, it's something that's applicable for all ages, which is fantastic because you have those individuals who are like, um, 
I don't want to say midlife crisis because I'm kind of uh, I'm midlife myself. But <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's a reality. But you know, it's, like it's you have that, that that moment when you like maybe you have career, finished one career and you're looking for like an alternate or you know something you know else to pursue. And so yeah. it's nice because then you can really see like which tigers you have that you can actually yep. implement in this new pathway, which is fantastic. Yeah, here's one thing: the tigers need to eat no matter what. At every at every age, and you know, I was in India all those years, and there was a great book that I read while I was there. One of these ancient books, right? My friend knew Sanskrit; he was a Sanskrit scholar, and so okay. he helped to tra- translate and make make things accessible to me. And, and in this one book, it, it basically says that everybody has a unique nature. It's like thousands of years old. This book. Everybody, everybody has a unique nature. Everybody has to act. You can't stop yourself from acting. Like you've got to do something. You wake up in the morning. I mean, you could sleep, but you're still going to have to get up and do something. Even if you're just playing video games or whatever, you you can't do nothing, right? And so you're going to act according to your tigers. You're going to act according to your nature. And therefore, it's best if you find out what that that is and and then you connect it. So you get the most out of your, you get the most out of your energy that, that you expend. And so this is the, you know, this is the key message that I'm trying to bring to people, which is that, yeah, so what you said about midlife crisis, um, the tigers are always eating throughout your life, you know, until and unless you're in some kind of, you know, very um, tragic state, you know, let's just not talk about that, but you know, you're, you're either really sick or you're somehow incapacitated. Apart from that, you've got to act, you've got to be feeding your tigers and that's, that's as a young child, all the way up into your uh, older years. So mm. when you're at these stages in your life and you're like, hey, that's what I said before, like, right? When you're in your house and there, there's no possibility and you're feeling like really bored with something. So the same thing happens in our lives. We get into routines with our job or with something. And, it's, and that thing inside us that quest or that desire for finding greater purpose and greater meaning starts to emerge. And it says like, what else can I do? So, so here's the question. The tigers are going to be your key on how to engage yourself in going out for that new pursuit. So if you've got a full-time job, you might not be able to quit your job, let's just say. Because you you might have kids to take care of and uh, uh, financial responsibilities. But of course, there's always side work. You could always mm-hmm. do a gig. Yes. And there are always interests and hobbies, things that you can do on the side. And so if you figure out which are your big tigers, you can connect it in those ways. So, um, you know, I know somebody who's in banking and finance and He's also got this tigers for creative, a creative tiger and a visual tiger. So he loves to create furniture and, and that's what that's what he does. And he does that on the side. He, he doesn't need the money from it, but he does it and he creates different furniture designs and he gets them fabricated and, and he sells them and he sells them to friends or people who, you know, so he makes a little bit of money, but it's not about the money. It's that right. he needs to feed those tigers. Ah, that's great. So yeah. That, that's that's what I want to encourage people to do. In some cases, sometimes people want to make a career shift. And so 
it's not always easy to jump from one job to another job. But what you could do is you start something off as a side gig and you build it up. And then when it becomes strong enough, then you can let go of the main work and then you can turn the side gig into work. And I've seen people take one guy I knew from France. He was, again, a guy working in a bank. He started off and he, he was into cartooning as a hobby and he wanted to do it full time. So he started off doing a lot of cartooning. He started to get pieces um, published and commissioned. And from there, he then turned it into um, a side gig doing work. Check this out, because this was really the, one of the, the wildest things that I've ever heard in terms of new, weird kind of jobs. He does cartooning during like corporate meetings or board meetings. So like while they're having a meeting and they're talking about stuff, he, have you ever seen like, you know, these uh, animated videos like on, um, oh, yes. on YouTube yeah. or like people, you listen to a lecture in the background and, mm -hmm. and like while the lecture is going on, somebody's cartooning it. He kind of does that, but live in wow. meetings. And these are wow. of course, from, from companies that can afford that. You know, it's not like- Right, right, right. No, that's, that. that's absolutely awesome. I mean, it's but, really unique. So, and, and the first company- that booked him was the company that he left, like that the oh, bank. They, that was like his first client, and so he then started to do that, and it it started to bring in enough money that he could let go of it as a hobby and, and a part time thing. It became a full time thing for him. So what I want to say is is like you know imagine him and his wife having to make a decision. They had uh, a child at that time that he was going to leave his work and she was going to be the breadwinner while he made that transition. So for them wow. talking about fear, that was yeah, that's but huge. You he, here's the thing that I want to tell you about when you know that it's safe to take that plunge, right? You know, when you're fearful about taking, taking a step like that, when it's a big tiger. Yeah you can be really sure that you'll land on your feet. You oh, know, like cat, like cats, you know, like yeah, you drop they always land on their feet. No matter what, right? <laughs> so here, the analogy is the same, which is that when you have a big tiger and you drop it, it'll always land on its feet. So in my case, my educative tiger, I've thrown myself into some of like the most challenging like, don't think that just because I became an educator and I've got a big educative tiger that I haven't had fear. I've stepped into some really challenging edu educative um, challenges. But what happens is that, you know, it's a matter of being, have you ever heard of the, the idea of anti-fragile? This is- uh, uh, I have Nassim not. Taleb. So- um, so Nassim Taleb has this uh, concept called uh, anti-fragile. He talks about you know something being fragile that you know if you if you you um, move it in a certain way it will it will fracture it will break it will crack because it's delicate. Well, most people think that the opposite of being fragile is being resilient. You know, like if you knock you down, then you stand back up. So he goes a step further to say that. No, that's not the opposite of fragile. The opposite of fragile is anti-fragile, which is that when you when you break something, it becomes stronger. Or mm. when you like knock something down, it actually becomes stronger. So when you are working with your biggest tigers, when you get a challenge, when that fear sort of like wallops you right in the face, you come back like double strong. You come back even more powerful as a result of that. So that's when I've had some of my my greatest breakthroughs in um in edu in education. Like I, 
I would step out on limbs and I would do, I would like try some really innovative and far out stuff. And I would totally flop. I would absolutely fail in, in trying new methods and things like that. Um, and as a result of, in fact, I told you about that, that Japan, the situation in Japan with the students yeah. in one of the years. So this was like my, maybe the end of my first year, beginning of my second year that I was teaching there. So somebody told me about this thing. He, it was a way to make conversation. He wanted the Japanese students to take responsibility for the conversation because they were very reluctant to have an, an English conversation. They're very shy because a teacher is there and, and nobody wants to like speak. And it's not like an American classroom or, you know, people are very talkative. Kids will just sit there with their heads down. So he, he said he had a method where he wants them to take responsibility for education. They're, they're learning. He said, just sit there and don't say anything until they take responsibility and they start talking. Hmm. So I was like, that's such a cool idea. You know? So I get there and I'm sitting there and I'm like, quiet. It's like one minute goes by, nobody's saying anything. Two minutes go by, nobody's saying anything. And they're all like looking around. They're like kind of shuffling their feet. A little uneasy. Yeah. By, by, like <laughs> six, six minutes go by and like nobody's saying anything. And everybody's just like wondering, why is this teacher just sitting there looking at us, you know? They were like in torture. So I'm just trying a new method. You know what I mean? It was right, like, right. I, I really, I really tried. And my stomach is turning inside. And I'm like, no, you have to stay true to the method. You have to stay true to the method. You've <laughs> got to make them talk, you know, something like that. And I, I tried this, this wacky method. And I, I, I'll tell you the truth. There were 75 teachers. And at the end of the year, the students would vote who was like the best teacher, second best teacher, third best teacher. And you would get this like paper, this slip of paper with all these details about your salary. Blah, blah, and then you got your number, what your rating was. My yeah. number was 70, 75. I was rated the worst teacher. I was rated the worst teacher in the school because I tortured these kids with this method. Oh my but gosh. Then, but as a result of that, like I didn't I didn't just collapse. That as a result of that, I came back with that method that I told you about before, which is I was like, all right, man, enough of this crap. What why are you here in my class? What do you want to get out of your life? Like, I didn't have the word tigers. I was like, what are right. you made of? Why do you need English? What are you going to do with it in your life? Blah, blah, blah. And these kids were just like, what the heck, man? This guy's on fire. And they all lit up. Like every yeah. kid yeah. discovered like why they could use English. And so so what, what I want to show you here was what happens when you, when you take risks with your big tigers is that yeah. we'll never let you down. You will always rise to a higher level when you're working with your bigger tigers. And you don't always have that luxury with your smaller tigers. Like if your entrepreneurial tiger is not that big, you know, you can try and try and try. You'll learn a lot, but you're probably not going to, you, you, you might wind up wrecking your health, your marriage, your relationship with your kids. Because if you don't have the natural competence to do certain things, if it doesn't come naturally to you, you can learn it. But the amount of time, the amount of energy, and the number of lessons that you have to go through are going to be massive. And so that's why I say to people, before you step out on those limbs, it's not that, that you shouldn't take chances, but you can take chances that are in your favor. You take take the risks where the risks will really pay off, like Warren Buffett style. You know, Warren Buffett takes risks, but yes. his risks pay off because they're really calculated risks. Yes. So this yes. is like being the Warren Buffett of of human potential. 
it's like the it's like the no fail risk when you know what your tigers are and you step out on limbs. That's what I that's what I want to say. Otherwise, I see a lot of people say, "No, I'm going to you know do X," but they don't have the tigers for it, and um, they they wind up um, they really wind up destroying themselves and their lives. I've seen a lot of people head south because of, of making decisions like that. Wow. Yeah, no, that's that's so important. Definitely. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. This has been such a great conversation. And I know Thanks. that the tribe is like eating it up because, you know, there are so many pearls that you dropped today and we totally appreciate it. You know, um, in our, uh, in our, on our show, basically we have a tradition that we use to end the show and it is the fill in the blank, uh, secession. Um, this takes a couple of minutes. Uh, yeah. Are you ready for the film? The blanks? No, yes, Steve. Yeah, okay, all right, cool. All right, cool. The first one is: If I am fearless, I will. If I am fearless, I will follow my tigers and thrive. Awesome, 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 awesome. The next one is: To me, fearless freedom means. To me, fearless freedom means working in a way where there is no effort this is wu wei this is from from the dao which where when i am in alignment with my tigers i am fearless and things come to me easily and naturally and i don't have to make concerted effort love it love it yeah and then the last one yeah. is my battle cry is my battle cry is Feed your tigers before they eat you. Awesome. 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 Such a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for thank your you. time Thanks, and Dr. sharing Jesus, all babe. the goodness. Oh my gosh. And can you just one more time state yeah. the two sites where people can go yeah. to, to get in contact with you and all of your work? Yeah. The easier one to remember is feedyourtigers.com. And uh, it'll bring you to the same place, which is the company website, multiplenatures.com. And you'll be able to find me there if you just uh, hit the contact stuff, um, shoot me a message, you'll find me. And I would love to help everybody find their tigers and align them so they can thrive. That's why I'm here on the planet. So Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dr. G, for having me. This was fun.